feel like I should be able to rig this. Usually we do this at a studio. We are recording right now. We do this at a studio. So the mics stand up by themselves? Yes, and it's professionally, so the music's... Now, you know the song, obviously. Of course, yeah. You know what's funny? Is, um... I kind of... Uh... Hold you responsible is not the right term. I, um... Give you credit for introducing me to this type of music. Because Stevie Wonder sent me down this rabbit hole. I remember when I... When you first, you might have to get closer with the mic. Okay. Uh, my brother Jonathan, by the way. Hey, everybody. Um, I remember when you introduced me to Stevie Wonder. It might have been right around the time that I introduced you to mushrooms. Not the psychedelic kind, but... That was in the luxury apartments. Yes. Yeah. You did not listen to Stevie Wonder before the luxury... I'm talking about good Stevie Wonder. Okay. Dad had songs in the key of life. Yes. Which is... This is like Dad had Isaac Hayes. You know okay. that, right? Yeah, but but okay. Here's the thing, I was familiar with Stevie Wonder. Of it's course. just like, but it, you were familiar with '80s Stevie Wonder. No, no, no. I was familiar, but I ha- listen. There's a difference in you know what I've not learned. Stevie Wonder, right? What? You know that's not Stevie Wonder. But '80s Stevie Wonder. That song. No, that's not Stevie Wonder. Yeah, it's Rufus. I said that's what I mean in Shaka Khan. Right. But but um, that's what I mean. Like, there's being familiar. Like, I would say you're familiar with Soundgarden. But you know the deep tracks? No. So, like, I think you really understand how good an artist is with their deep tracks. Sure. So, I was familiar with Stevie Wonder. Although I do have a Soundgarden radio on Pandora. Well, everybody does. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know if you know this, but Pandora is like for everybody. It is? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were have you been telling everybody, I got this app. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. <laughs> I didn't tell anybody. Oh, you were keeping it to yourself. Of yeah, course, Pandora's yeah. universal. I don't know. Were you like sending emails to them and shit? Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell anybody. How are you guys making money? money. It's just me and you on this. <laughs> um I, I, uh, but that's what I mean. Like I was familiar with Stevie Wonder. But not like right, deep track familiar with Stevie Saturn, Wonder. yes, right. And you know what? Stevie Wonder sent me down like a rabbit hole, more into you know Parliament and stuff like that. For me, because I enjoyed a little bit of the um, the jazzy, funky part of early Stevie, that that is absent in music right now. I would say. You mean. Early Stevie, like little Stevie Wonder. Yes, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I really... And, and so for me, like, I I like... I've found that I like funk so much. Like, I've really started to get into funk. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Well, because it's... You know, funk is such an awesome genre that it's... And it's so, like... It's not inaccessible, you know what I mean? Like anybody can get really like have a funk moment and go, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like I would tell you this too. I think funk doesn't get enough credit for being as universal, as universally liked, because I don't think it's in most people's top three of genres that they would name. Right. Right. But I don't think also 
you could put on a good funk song and people would be like, well, I don't like I that. I don't like that. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah, There's exactly. no way that you exactly. Could. Yeah. So that that's the thing. That's why. That's why. Like especially with the popularity of um, the Bruno Mars hit, the Mark Ronson hit. Actually, mm-hmm. I was like, well, then funk's coming back. Like people understand. But I would tell you this also. I think funk is the hardest type of genre to nail. Yep. Because you can't. Well, I hate to say it, you can't fake the funk. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. You can't fake the funk. Like yeah. either you, ha- either you have you- to hit it. You you have to hit it, or you or you missed it. A hundred percent. Yeah, and like, cause rock can kind of be like, oh, well, that's kind of indie rock, or that's a little country rock, right. or that. But funk is funk, and you right. can't <clears throat> like either you have it in your being or you don't. Well, funk has a funk has a, a grit to it. A dirt. You, yeah. Yeah. That if you miss. You're just your your pop music. To me, and I and I say this about some songs, like the you know, there's some. Uh, let me think. There's some songs off of Hozier's album, or there's some songs off of Chris Stapleton's album, and I would say funk too. Good funk makes you want to fuck and fight at the same time. You're like, oh, this is fucking great. I'm going to punch <laughs> someone in the face and then I'm going to stick my dick in something. Like, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> funk is like, oh, that's what I mean. Like, has that grit, that dirt, that. Yeah. But it's you can't, there's no way to fake it. Because I think you're right. Like, bad funk ends up sounding, funk shouldn't sound bubblegum soft. I don't think there's anything like, like, you can have a highly produced um exactly you can have a highly produced rock and roll song or a highly produced sort of dance hit yeah. that doesn't offend anybody and 14 year olds buy and i don't think any 14 year olds really like will will get a funk song no but here's the thing on a good funk song i want to hear their fingers slide up and down the fret Right. I want to hear the bass guy slap the bass. Well, you you got to slap a bass right. in funk. Right, but 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 what I mean <laughs> is, but you got to do it well. On produced albums, right. they take that all that excess noise out. I right. don't want to hear that. I even want to hear them shooting heroin. Like I want to hear, <laughs> I want to hear them tying it off, and I want to hear the the whole fucking thing. That's why, I like, and one by one, the the guys yeah. drop off the uh, track, start no- <laughs> nodding off. Um, but the Bruno Mars song, did you like that? Yeah, up uh, up uptown funk. Yeah. See Uptown Funk. Yeah. Bruno Mars is a talented guy. Oh, yeah. so good. He's a really talented guy. To me, he's this generation's prince. He's a, exactly. Yeah, he's a really talented, and yeah, you know, and th- he's a rare talent where you get a guy who can sort of a, still appeal to everybody, but really is still authentic in the way he sounds. He's one hundred percent true to himself. Yeah. At the like, that's what makes a superstar is the people who are one hundred percent true to themselves. While at the same time, they still Nail appeal it. to everybody. Nail it 100%. It's what the Beatles did. Yeah. I mean, look, if you... I, one thing that, be, that people don't quite understand, like, I'm sure they do. But you're talking I about a, a Beatles... You don't. That's why I'm going to explain it to you. <laughs> but the Beatles were that very rare band that stayed true to themselves. The most number one hits of all time. Still? But, yes, still. Because, you know, people like Mariah Carey... Mariah Carey have, like... No. Still. How about this? But no other band has significantly and so dramatically... Did I just alienate half of your listeners by criticizing Taylor Swift, by the way? I hope not. <laughs> um, 
no other band has dramatically and so crazily changed their sound over th- only a decade, but not even a decade, seven yeah, years. Seven years. And still in that seven years. From completely like. Pop, bubblegum, yeah. boy, they were a boy band. Of that time, yeah. Yes. So to me, I always say that to me, the Beatles were the first boy band. Can't buy me love and I want to hold your hand. Yeah. They were a boy band. Yeah, completely. Right? So, and then they. And they were a man band. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see One Direction do that. <laughs> Let's see fucking The Wanted put out their Sgt. Peppers. But that's the thing. Like, well, they can't because... Their fans wouldn't let them. But also, I don't know, like, maybe maybe not, but, but do these guys write any music? Do they write any music or do they... Uh, that I don't instruments? know. But that's the thing. Like, they... The, the Speaking of which, I had no idea Ella Fitzgerald could play the piano... That was Aretha Franklin. Aretha Franklin. Mm-hmm. I think Ella Fitzgerald's dead. Yeah. That's so she a good point. can't play piano. Anymore. No. Maybe she could. Maybe she did at one point. Maybe Aretha Franklin was... That was incredible. Oh, if you guys haven't seen Aretha Franklin at the Kennedy Center, Kennedy Center, that was amazing. You know what the best Kennedy Center performance of all time to me was? What? Was Hart doing Led Zeppelin. Have you seen that? Heart doing Led Stairway Zeppelin. to Heaven. Uh-uh. Oh fuck you! That was so good. Heart she, is. Oh, her voice is off yeah. the charts. Off the charts, good. But you have got to YouTube Heart doing Stairway to Heaven. It's okay. amazing. Are you sending out uh, an Instagram right now? I'm trying to finish the Instagram, but apparently I don't follow Fairly Normal yet, so it won't let me tag. Fairly it. Normal doesn't have an Instagram. I'm not that. Oh. I'm not that smart. Gotcha. Um. But uh, yeah. So listen, um, you are my older brother by two years. Yep. Um, you by the way, one and three quarters. Okay. Looks a full two. Oh, maybe not. Most people still <laughs> think you're younger. You than have I more am. gray than I am. I know I do. Um, not after I go to the pear place. I don't. They <laughs> dye that shit right up. Uh, but I've had gray hair since I was twenty-one. Yeah. You too? And chest hair. Yes. Thank you for noticing. And a full beard. Now well, we lived in the same house. Yeah. <laughs> I had a little bit of... I had more of a chin beard at that age. And yeah, I don't remember. I don't I don't think I got any facial hair until no, I was like did. 23. I know. It was crazy. And then it was <laughs> under your... Like you, you would get some right here, like under your chin. You and Gary. And Gary was like, I'm growing a beard. I was like, that is a neck. Yeah. That's but that neck. was when Gary was like 35. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gary's our cousin, by the way. Yeah, he. It was funny because he was like, "I'm growing a beard." I'm like, "That's on your neck. That's not exactly a beard. That's yeah. like a neared. <laughs> That's like it's a I, beard adjacent." Yes, it's close. <laughs> it's like wherever you can grow, but they none of them grow hair on the face that well. Yeah, not none Still of them. Really? No. I I liked it when I was younger. Although no. Scott Scott, Scott had can grow them out. Yeah, I can grow them out. Um, and so you, uh, and growing up, um. You know, I don't have as good a r- memory from our childhood growing up. Um, I had a lot of questions. Which on it's not f- setting the bar high if you're saying my memory is. Okay, what? give me a question. I don't know, but <laughs> I like. I don't remember. What is, like, what is your overall feeling of like our childhood? Like More like when you think back, is there a, a, an emotion that you like, – ha- people, If people said, did you have a good childhood, would you say yes? I would say yeah. I, mostly because I don't feel like complaining about anything that yeah. happened 30 I think years ago. Everybody's childhood 
Nobody's childhood was perfect. Like everybody, some people have really shitty childhoods. Yes, I also say, and, and you know, and this is Doug Stanhope saying, but I do, I do agree with it. You can't Stan compare. Ho- you're invoking Stanhope. Yeah, you can't compare sucks, right? Because it's all relative, it's like pain right? Threshold. Right, it's all relative. Like you look, if your suck was, I don't know, you had a ten o'clock curfew, and someone else's suck was, you know. Right. Much worse. I didn't get a car when I was 16. Yeah, or in somebody like else's. somebody we know. Yeah. <laughs> I got one. I didn't really get a car. I just stole mom's. But you didn't you know, get we, a car, but there was one in the driveway that you got to use. Well, because. I got to use the Honda. You, but but remember how fancy we thought the Honda was? Yeah. We thought the Honda, because we grew up with not a lot of money. And we went right. many years with no car for the whole family. Many years. And no new clothes. No, we used to go up into the attic. <coughs> yeah, uh, every, every summer and winter, every season we'd change. Go up into the attic, and mom would pull out the trunks, yep. like they were new clothes. Look, what, let's see what we got this year. I'm like the same fucking thing we had last year. Right. Let's see what I can fit into this year. Is that what you, you know? Mean? Who got new clothes? Adam. Adam, because he was the oldest. Right. I remember being so mad at Adam when I was like 14. Because uh, he had such shitty taste in clothes, be, he had to wear his old ones. No, because he made. I just assumed everybody got hand me downs, uh-huh. and that everybody had, uh, you know, everybody used uh, had chip potato chips that said chip chips. You know, uh-huh. white packages yep. with black lettering. I just assumed everybody did that. Yep. And so when Adam made mom and dad take him to the old mall one time. To go shopping for clothes. Mountain I Farmers got, Mall. I got really mad at Adam for being so selfish. You know what's funny? A couple <laughs> things. One, those of you listening, the old mall, there was a mall, the Mountain Farmers Mall, and then another mall opened up across from it. It was called the Hampshire Mall. But we just called one the old mall and one the new mall. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me of those those names. Yeah, Mountain I would Farms, not have remembered. Mountain Farms and Hampshire. Old mall, new mall. That's basically what it was. Old Mall turned into a ghost town, except Papa Gino's. Oh, Papa Gino's. I, I would go eat the fuck out of some Papa Gino's. Do you Gino's. know where you can get uh, uh, pizza in L.A. that tastes like Papa Gino's? It's where? The Farmer's Market, 3rd Street Farmer's Market. Really? Yep. What's the f- pizza place called? There's only one in there, so it's the one all the way towards the Oh, road. I loved that Papa Gino's. That was good stuff. Really good. Um, okay, Back you, when there wasn't any fake ingredients to use. You were the first one of us that I remember getting a job job. Well, I, I know Adam worked, and I'm sure Dan worked too, but I don't think I was aware Danny of Danny worked? I don't think so. <laughs> um, but you worked, and you went and got a job at Chess King. Yep. Well, but, that wasn't my first job. You worked at the movie theater. I worked at the movie theater for years. What? what around what time? In the new mall. In the new mall, yeah. The, fuck the old mall. Yeah. Although I used to sneak into movies at the old mall. I went to my first movie at the old Oh, no. Was it the old? Yeah, the old mall with mom. They Mom and dad brought me to 2001 Space Odyssey. Did you fall asleep? I don't remember. I just being remember being really freaked out by that last sequence. I remember seeing, you know, there was a kid who went to my school named Alan Mitchell Smith. And Alan was in Weird um, Science. Weird Science. But then he was in the next movie he was in was called Wild Things or something like that. Wild Things. Maybe not. It was a Nev Campbell. But it was something wild something. Maybe wild something. But I remember going to the Mountain Farms Mall with him and a bunch of other people in our class 
to go see that movie. And boy, I thought it was pretty cool walking into that movie with Alon. With the guy that was with Alon Mitchell Smith. Are you kidding me? <laughs> pretty cool. He's actually a college professor here in California now. Really? Yeah. By the way, Weird Science still holds up. Oh, I watched it the other night. Yeah. When when look, Anthony early Anthony Michael Hall hilarious. His comedic timing. Yeah. Is off the fucking charts. Yeah. It really is like when you watch Breakfast Club. Yeah. He's so fucking good in that. That's e- not an easy really role. Everybody is. Yes, but, but his but role, yeah. he's uh, he's got to be understated. Right. And like he, I thought he was. He's like, got to have confidence because he's a real person. Yes. But he's amongst all of the seniors and the tough yeah. guys, and the so he's got to play it under. And he's in detention. Like that's not his right. thing. Right. It's it's such I, 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 early on, and then I think um, Edward Scissorhands. He started to go serious, right? And he got jacked for a little while there. Yeah, didn't he get and jacked? angry? Yeah, I think he rebelled against that character that he had played, but he kind of played that character in Sixteen Candles, kind of. But that's what I mean. Like so, but he was knocking it out of the fucking park. Yeah, but but you, but, I know you, you grow know, up, you become a person. It's and, it's to bring it back to sucks. His early experience yeah. at that at one point, I bet he he thought his his life sucked because he couldn't not get out of a hit movie by playing this character. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like I think what happens to di- people kids who are on Disney, right? They rebel against having to be that person all the time for their so, entire life because yeah, so they, they take they their tits no, out. They have no perspective. Yeah, on life like the cat in the video, the cat in the video, stupid cat video. Oh. That you mean the song? Yeah. Oh, I'm a stupid fucking cat. Is this is the sing one of the best videos? It's my favorite internet video of all time. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of good ones. Yeah, but the stupid cat one is like I'm a stupid cat. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of my it's one of my favorite. Um, Holy shit! It's a piece of paper. That's the best part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah Colon and I must have laughed at that. We I bet you we watched it 15, 20 times in a row at work one day. Yeah. It just came. I I used to. I'm in, you know, uh, Facebook groups. Yeah. I got put in these Facebook groups. Uh, and there's one Facebook group where I just, I relentlessly posted it because I just wanted to watch it all the time. It's so good. <laughs> it, it, it's like, um, it, it proved to me too, like, you, you can be smart, but you don't have to outsmart people. <clears throat> okay. For your comedy. He's not outsmarting anybody. No. But it's not, it's smart. Like, it's holy hilarious. shit, that's a piece of paper is smart. All, I. Even I think maybe besides Pratt Falls, which even some of these might be smart, I think most humor, 99% of real true comedy is smart. <sighs> yes, I, I think you, I, yes, I'll agree with that. You have to but, be smart to be consistently funny. Yes, but you're, you're saying real true humor, so you're being subjective. Okay. Right? Sure. Okay, so some people would, they could listen to fart noises on loop and laugh. <laughs> that's not far. That's I not could. S- yeah, me too. There's nothing <laughs> smart about that. It's just, mm. it's, yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, and by the way, I will tell you this, to kind of go against what I'm saying, sometimes smart is tonnage. So sometimes for me, smart is knowing the first time I say it isn't funny. But if I say it five times in a row in a different way, right. that fifth time it's funny. Knowing and having the patience, and not just the patience, kind of the balls to stick out to the fifth one, right? Where the tonnage is going to make it funny, right? Is eh, 
Interesting. I think humor is, I do agree with you. I don't think humor gets enough credit for needing intelligence. It's, you know, because some people say dumb jokes, but still to craft it. Yeah. Yeah. A well-crafted joke is like, is smart. And experimenting with single letters and words and half second pauses and all this. Intonation and all that. Yeah. You know, I've spent, uh, I've been experimenting a lot on the road. Not experimenting, experimenting, but you know, I (laughs) still like chicks. You know what I mean? Uh, But uh, (laughs) as you hold that mic up so close to your mouth. Uh, (laughs) um, Did did I ever tell you about when I was in. Oh, I wasn't going to talk about this till later, but when I was in Seattle, I bartended with a guy. I won't say what his name is, but he, I would catch him making out with, not catch him, but see him making out with dudes all the time. And I would be like, well, what do I want to pretend his name is? Okay, Steve. I would say, Steve, <laughs> um, you never mentioned that you're gay, not that it matters, but I always see you with your girlfriend. Does she know that you're gay? And he said, oh, this is a quote. I'm not gay, just my mouth is. I go, hmm. I said, what do you mean? And he was like, I just like to kiss guys. I don't like to touch dicks. I don't like to, I don't want anyone touching my dick, but I like to kiss guys. So it was interesting. And I said, what is it? Why? And he said, I just like the scruffiness. I like the roughness of the, of the beard and stuff. And I was like, that is, (laughs) and and so I knew, I knew him for years. I knew him for years and his girlfriend knew about it. And was like, totally fine with it. Every now and then, he didn't do it all the time, but every now and then, he liked to feel the scruffiness. And I checked in with him not long ago, maybe two years, because my theory was, the mouth Eventually. is gay now. Yeah. The dick's going to be gay soon enough. It'll be the neck and then the Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Shoulders. The chest and the nipples. Yeah. yeah the areolas. <laughs> my navel. Um, and I asked him, I go, has it changed? He goes, no, no, no. I go, he said, I told you. I just never, I'm not interested in any other part of the body. I just like that feeling on my face. And that never changed for him. Got had to go back to either his mom has had a beard or his dad or hairy kissed nipples. him uh, inappropriately. Or Hopefully his not. uncle. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I actually asked. Or the basketball coach. Or, yeah, or yeah. somebody. Yeah. Somebody with a little scruff. <laughs> I Maybe asked, when, when he was literally a baby, you know, it's sort of something he didn't, didn't realize that just sort of happened. Maybe. I asked him, I said, do, are there, do you have like any kind of secrets that you know that's why it's coming out he goes i don't think so he goes not unless i repress it he goes it really isn't something i even think about it's like every now and then i'll be like hey i feel like kissing a dude i kiss a dude and then i don't kiss a dude for another couple weeks and that's it it was yeah pretty crazy i'd never heard that term though that just my mouth is gay and i was like okay (laughs) all right yeah Yeah. um whatever works the more happy people in the world. I agree with you, dude. Like, I could give that one. That doesn't hurt anybody. No. If his, if his girlfriend knows. Yep. You know what I mean? I remember that there was a guy that we worked with who was a bodybuilder who was totally not comfortable with it. He was like, he's kissing dudes. Not cool with it. And I was like, why not? Why do, what does it bother you? Yeah. He was like, I got to come to work and I got to see that shit. I go, yeah. well, turn your head. Or get another job. Well, that's what I told him. Yeah. Because, you know, at the time I was... The manager. Yeah, and yeah. he was like, well, I can't work with him. I'm like, well, then you're going to lose a lot of shifts because yeah. he's a better bartender than you. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? He brings in a lot of good-looking dudes. Yeah. So <laughs> who are wondering whether, what day his mouth is yeah, going to be gay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I just never understood hating somebody else 
for living their life yeah. the way. Uh, look, if your life is 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 hurting other people, then we all get to weigh in. That on That objectively it. sucks. Yeah, we all get to weigh in on that. Right. Okay. If your life is not affecting everybody and it's affecting you, right? We don't get to weigh in on that. Right. Or if, if it weighs in on you and your wife or you and your girlfriend, that's not something I get. Unless again, if you're hitting or whatever. Right. Yeah. But I don't get to weigh in on that shit. Right. Like, and I don't understand why people feel like, like, look, I don't agree with them, but I understand the abortion stance because what they're saying is it does affect all of us because in their mind that- You mean pro, the pro-life. Yeah. That in their mind that, like I said, like that's why those arguments I will listen to as long as people are, but you can't be pro-life and kill somebody because you're pro-life. Like that, right. then your argument is- Right, mood. It doesn't. It doesn't matter to me. But like, I understand them at least because in their minds, they're sticking up. It does affect all of us. Okay, I agree. But the mouth gay, and I ended up. I told the guy, I was like, "Hey, dude, like, you're gonna get fired from this job." You, you told c- the big guy. Yeah, right. I said you can't. Not only that, but you can't badmouth him. Like, I won't have that. Right. And, you know, he was, sh- he was telling people at the bar that fucking guy kisses dudes. He don't want to get your. You don't want to get your drink from him. Right. And I was like, you're going to get yourself fired. Yeah, like, that's real a, quick. That's a business decision. Yeah, he was making point. a bad one. Yeah, yeah. Not not to mention just being an asshole. But, okay, but here's the deal. Like, you, are, you have always been in a situation where I'm, I'm assuming you're... Because when we were very young, you gravitated towards black culture. Uh-huh. At what age do you figure that is? Well, you... 14? 15. 15? Yeah. As soon as I started hanging out with the kids from the ABC house. Yeah. ABC house stands for a better chance. We grew up in Amherst, Mass. Um, And a couple questions. One, because in our small town, what what was the nickname Danny's friends gave you? (laughs) Danny gave me the nickname. Danny gave you his nickname? (laughs) Tyrone. Yeah, he gave you the nickname. (laughs) and, And listen, we both did. I wore the parachute pants and I followed your lead. So we both kind of jumped in a little bit. You stuck it out longer than I did. Right. <laughs> but so when you uh, <laughs> when you grow up in a small town like Amherst, and so you're not putting a bullseye on your back, but you are, to a certain group, shining a light on yourself. Oh, yeah. Because, listen, for me, at a very young age, I looked at you like, oh, he knows that he's going to catch shit, and he isn't. I would have changed. I would have buckled under pressure and, like, Two seconds, especially uh-huh. at that age in that town, right? What? What? Why? Like, what was it in you that you didn't? And didn't you ever think about like this is uh, this is way more hassle than? No, I never looked at it that way. Like it was a hassle. I looked at it as if people people were being uncovered. Oh, know? they were. Yeah, sure. There's a lot of people that. <clears throat> I, I, it was their problem. It wasn't my problem. You know, if people wanted to make a comment about how... It's the same thing as the the, the guy, the bartender. I, that's it's exactly what I'm exact saying. Thing. That's yeah. exactly what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I'm not gonna... Yeah, but at that age, dude... Look, I understand it from my age now with this perspective. Do you remember the kid who lived up the street, Connolly? I forget his first the name. The guy who stole our bikes? Did he steal our bikes? Remember, he Did stole our fucking bikes out of our... Gar- we used to leave him on the side of the house, to be fair. <laughs> oh, to be fair. To be fair. But, okay, well, I don't... Did we get him back? Oh, yeah, we went down there. Oh, okay. Um, 
That's when crazy. I say we, he lived we, down the street. I know that was ballsy. When I say we, we we sent Adam down. Um, but don't you remember that he, you know, he got on top of me one time and was punching me in the chest, trying to get me to squeal like a pig, and I wouldn't squeal like a pig. Oh, you were young, yeah. Yeah, I was way younger than high school. So, you know, I never really thought what anybody else. You never have thought I how I should lived was a valid opinion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're even at a young age, you're and, you know, I guess the word was when in our house was stubborn was used. But you're I mean, your stubbornness was I think you get you and made you and dad buttheads a little bit when you were young. Yeah, a little bit. Is that the right word? Is the right word? But a little bit. Buttheads. Buttheads. <laughs> yeah, you uh, can use that word. But you guys buttheads might be two words unless I'm describing a person as a butthead. And that's one word. But heads is two words. Two words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But heads, if you only have one T, I don't know how you would use that. It's the beginning it's not tails, of the clause. But heads. Right. Um, so, <laughs> but you guys, like, did that, did your, did the stubbornness with dad, because I didn't have that. I was more malleable with mom and dad. Like, I, I 100% played the game. Right. What was my. E- what was my path of least resistance? Was always my way, especially growing up in the house. Right. Because I just wanted. What was easy to find with me, kind of, uh, oh, you know, busting you, my way through rocks. Yeah, you were chipping <laughs> away at rocks, and yeah. I would look. I'd looking at you like I'm going around the rock. Yeah. Like I'm gonna. You're trying to go through the rock. My mom and dad would be like, "All right, we'll see you. See you. See yeah. you as you walk see around you. the rock. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Come on around the rock. I'm coming. <laughs> you're stupid. But like so. That I did watch you for sure, and I watched not that my relationship with dad was great growing up. I don't know if anybody us any of us had a good relationship with dad growing up. He doesn't up. watch us. He doesn't listen to us, does he? I don't think he knows how to do that. No, <laughs> um, but no, I don't think he would think that any of our relationships with him growing up was great. And I think I that don't was, know. I've never asked him. I would. I bet you. I think he knows he mentally was in not until like, look, well, you mentioned that I had a car when I was 16. You know, dad changed almost entire two pivotal points for him in his in his adult life that I remember. One, his first job. Right. Changed. Look, as a grown man. First job after we moved to Amherst. Yes. But I understand now as a person with a family. How not having a job especially in that era and having mom work and not him for that was at least seven years. Yeah. Maybe more must have affected him and how he felt as a man. And I, and I not sure how well that translated for him knowing who he is and now, and in his little bit of stubbornness, it wasn't like he was trying to get it. He could have got a job at any point. Yes. But he didn't, he still wasn't working and like, right. He and, was consulting. Yeah, right? And he's doing his dissertation, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but I think... Another thing I always took for granted, everybody's dissertation yeah. takes 12 years. <laughs> Dude, you remember, and I talked about this last week, but you remember before we pulled into the driveway visiting Rick's house that weekend where he looked at us and told us he never wanted us to grow up to be like him? Do you remember that? Um, No. It was a heavy moment. because Rick Wolf? We were driving into Rick's in, you know, when Rick had that house in in Connecticut he was still working at Perry Ellis and um, we pulled in and it was interesting because you and I I was at my highest level of discontent with him and you just 
always seemed to live at that level. <laughs> and so we were in the and we were both in the back seat. When he pulled over, I thought we were getting another fucking talking to. And he just turned around and he basically apologized for being an asshole is not the right word, but for being difficult. And, you know, he didn't have a job. And he said uh, this was something I forgot to add last week. But he said, if I I know now that if I need to get a job at McDonald's and start making some money, I'll have to get a job at McDonald's. And then he was like, I just don't want you guys to grow up and be like me. And I was like, well, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of heavy leading into this reunion weekend. Yeah. You know, that was not an easy one. I remember we pulled to the back of Grape Street Records one time and he said um, that he he said that he knows that he's hard on me and stuff like that, but he just doesn't want me to make the same mistakes that he made. And what do you think those mistakes were? I don't know. He never said. Yeah. <laughs> Would have been helpful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I made a bunch of them. <laughs> well, plus, plus some. Yeah. Well, you're stubbornness, dude. Like, okay. First of all, so uh, in high school, you started uh, hanging around with the kids at the ABC house. Right. And I would say from that point for that, a while i didn't consider that stubborn no 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 no. we're going past stubborn you're right? right um and then in high school i think is basically did you date anybody in high school from amherst yeah did you i think so i dated i remember i dated in 10th grade Who but you were different like you're a different guy obviously we all get older and different but you're like a different guy, even personality and just your who am I in the world as opposed to even when you were in Oakland, like in that even when you were in Oakland in the 90s and when you came to visit me in Seattle and stuff like you're a different guy. You're more gregarious. Um, you're fun. Now. Yes. Now. Yeah. Why do you. Like, well, we'll get up to that. But you definitely like your sense of humor blossomed way later. <laughs> do you agree with that? Sure. Like not even not you didn't have a sense of humor, but like you being com- I was more of a laugher yes. than a than a joker. Yeah, but you have you you're a zinger now. You come in with some good ones. Um but uh yeah, I mean you're definitely funnier than Danny. <laughs> he doesn't listen either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter. We can say whatever we want about any of them. There nobody's fucking yeah. listening to this. <laughs> um so you went to here's okay you went to UMass right UMass is that when you basically started exclusively dating black women uh I I wouldn't ever say it was exclusive other than it was you only dated black girls a preference right yeah I didn't only date black girls but you know I think I dated a white girl in college briefly what? I didn't really Besides Sandra, right. I didn't really date anybody really in college. Well, that that relationship <coughs> with Sandra was very interesting for everybody. Sure, I bet. Yeah, the conversations had behind your back were like, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. What? Uh, uh, okay, What? because Sandra was... Look, I, you know, when I look back at relationships when people are young, and I generally don't judge anybody, and I would, right. I'd throw Sandra into that too. Like when you're young, you're young, and but what? That was the first and only relationship I remember you being in where you were just not in control at all. Not only were you not in control, you were you allowed yourself to be treated poorly. Yeah. What do you think it was? Why? Like that? I will tell you. Like 
leading up to that, all that stuff about you being your own person and stubborn and right. That's why for me on the outside looking in, I remember being like, wait, this is not him. Like he's going to snap himself out of this. Right. He clearly <laughs> isn't going to let someone treat him like this. And, but it didn't matter. Well, I, I don't think I had ever had feelings like that before. Right. So, and she was, you know, I think we have all had our, all of us boys, um, have had our relationships where we have been the savior, the oh, sort yeah. of save the, save the person with problems. Yeah. Um, I think the kids call it Captain Sabaho. They do now. Yeah. But it, that even that's different. Yeah. But, um, but so I think, you know, I, I, I got into this relationship and I'd never had guilt thrown back at me. Like, you know, somebody thinking that I had had a great childhood and, and that privileged. Yeah. Just, you know, and then, and, and she was two years older mm-hmm. and, you know, sex was great. And I had just never had uh, those feelings. And so, you know, it was that. That happened to me. She was just had a really fiery temper. And, yeah. And I wasn't ready for that either. And Well, she had a temper. Oh, yeah. And she had a temper that she, it was the first time I'd seen a girlfriend come over to the house. And even to be at the, at the house, not be scared to show the temper. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, she's at our house. <laughs> yeah. She's still laying that shit down. Like, when she leaves the house, it must be... A hundred times worse. <laughs> no, it was about the same. About the same, yeah. yeah. Um, I had that same thing. But she ever. was super cool, too. It's like, it wasn't like it was always like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah. relationship is always like that, so. And somebody, well, I had that same, my one and only time that happened to me really was in college, too, with, with Carrie. And that was, but different, but the same thing with feelings-wise. Right. Like it was the first time I had that, those feelings for somebody. And yeah, it did. Feelings. It did not end well for me either. Right, I remember. No, it did not end well. <laughs> but what? Okay, what was it? I guess I've never asked you this. What was it about the group that you were hanging out with, starting with ABC Kids and the black culture and the music that, for you, you hooked into? <clears throat> um, I don't know. I can't answer that necessarily because I don't know the answer to that. But I do know that. Um, that was the, and maybe it was because it was just sort of a natural fit, but that was the first group of friends where it was all equal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there was no hierarchy. Like I was, I never felt like there was any group of friends in Amherst, uh, uh, unless you're going back to Mark's Meadow. Yeah. I mean, it's kids. Yeah. But once, once we got to. Um, you know, and I was hanging out with Brian Wise mm-hmm. and Hassan. So and Brian and Charlotte. Yeah, no, you told me. Right. Um, in junior high. Yeah. And so it sort of started there, I guess. But yeah, that's where everything was, everybody was sort of equal and it was fun. And there was no like, I, there was no sort of hierarchy that I felt like I was at the bottom of maybe. Oh, that's interesting. And so, and, and yeah, that's true. Actually, you know, like... I, there was no top dog who did all the picking on. Right. Everybody was equal, caught equal shit, had equal say. Yeah. Yeah. At least it seemed like that. Yeah. You know, you know for me, you're most stubborn, and I, maybe I have the facts of this wrong, <laughs> but the most stubborn uh, 
oh, he's not going to get out of his own way moment was, did you like not, were you having trouble graduating f- with your engineering degree because you wouldn't take one class? Sort of. What? Explain that to me. Um, an engineer, so you're not dumb. Right. What, well, what type of engineering? Not dumb in books, apparently. Right. But what type of engineering? Industrial engineering. Right. So, so yeah. So mom begged me to change my major forever. Mm-hmm. Just change your major. You know, you hate your major. Blah blah blah. But you know, I guess I always just wanted to be an engineer because I thought it would impress the family or whatever. Yeah. Oh, you I, didn't want to do it. I didn't. You know, there were parts of it I enjoyed, but after I did my internship when I was, you know, I enjoy the math and I enjoy figuring stuff out, but I did an internship when I was a sophomore, and I realized quickly that the people who did the work were smarter than the people who ran the department. Uh The people who ran the department were morons, except for being very political and whatnot. And I realized corporate life was not going to be something that I could do. Yeah. <clears throat> and so mom begged me for three years to change my major, but I was like, no, I'll just use it to blah, blah, blah. It'll be look good on a piece of paper. Right. And it just wore me down, these classes that I kept on having to take. I was like, I have to take other classes too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? That was... I mean, <laughs> this, is, this is a class. I got to take this class. Yeah. And so, you know, I took... And I was trying to stuff my schedule with political science and English classes, which I did. Mm-hmm. You know, I had one of my best semesters. I was taking 18 credits. Um, but, you know, I overlooked a science elective. And I did all this stuff. And, I, you know, I had one, this one class left. To graduate. To graduate. <coughs> but I'd been in school for five years. Yeah, yeah. And so I went to an uh, engineering professor, a guy who was, you know, my engineering rep or whatever. And I asked him, I was like, and I did great in his class. Like, he was a good teacher, and I was interested, and he taught ergonomics and stuff like that. And I went to him, and I said, hey, you know, I got this one science elective. It's got, got like, astronomy or something. Yeah. Why don't you just let me not take this class? <laughs> and he and said. he said, no. Right. You have to take it. And you. And I said, well, I'm moving. <laughs> <laughs> and I moved to Washington D.C. like a week later. So that's the crazy thing. Like <laughs> you went to school for five years. Yeah. You took all those classes. Yeah. Do you have any idea what your GPA was? Uh, th- right around a three point something. Okay. Um, in engineering, which is not easy. Right. You had one astronomy class left. Yeah. And you pieced out. Yep. I was completely burnt out. Yeah. I was just like, I cannot do one more step on this oh. campus. If you, when you have a kid uh-huh. and your kid is faced with that same decision, uh-huh. you will tell him or her, take the fucking class? Well, would you? What I won't, what I won't do is, is say, I don't want you to make the same mistakes right. as I made and then not say what the, the mistakes, mistakes are. are. Right. Yeah. So I think I've thought about this a lot, actually. And, you know, I also have, I know it's not the same, the stakes aren't the same, Mm -hmm. really, but, you know, I have a lot of experience sharing my experiences with students. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was in public education for 15 years. Yeah. So, I have done that a lot. You were really uh, a good teacher. Did you enjoy it? Uh, Yeah, I enjoyed the teaching 
part of it. What part didn't you enjoy? Well, you know. What ages did you teach? I high taught school. high school mostly. Yeah, and I you started. taught through a program, what was it called? Teach for America? Teach for America is where I started, yeah. And so Teach for America generally puts you in rougher neighborhoods? What they call under-resourced schools. What was the first under-resourced school that you went to? McClyman's High School in West Oakland. All right. Shout out to Mac. Yeah. Was it? Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Were you, how many white faculty were there? Oh, there was quite a few. How many I white students? Say. White students? Yeah. I think I saw one, maybe two. Two. There were two. I wonder. In the four years I was there. I wonder. One wh- was out of control. Really? Yeah. I wonder what the similarities and differences are between between being t- two black kids in an all-white high school and two white kids in an all-black high school. I know what the similarities are. I wonder what the differences are. Well, it's a good question. Do, I bet you it depends on status. Not not status meaning just money, but like, are you outstanding at something? Because if you're outstanding at something, if you're a white kid, if you're a white kid at an all-black Three, school. I think actually one kid came to play basketball. or Maybe that was. But that's what I mean. Maybe like, that was Crenshaw. Actually. So if you're a white kid and you are an outstanding basketball player or an outstanding football player, you're going to be fine. Same with if you're a black kid. In general, it's, you're going to be more accepted. There will still, still be, be the right. outliers who come in and want to fuck with you. Right. But you'll have at least a little bit of a back. Yes. I would imagine if you're not excellent at anything, you <laughs> stick out a Everybody's more. special. At, everybody's yeah. excellent at something, Josh. Right. But you might just be excellent at taking a punch. And that might not be your best <laughs> situation. Um what so McClymans, you taught at McClymans. You also I remember you taught baseball. You were a baseball coach there, huh? I was a baseball coach. That the stories from your baseball coach at the McClymans, because there were kids who had never played baseball before, right? No. No, they they played baseball. They just didn't want to practice. Right. Yeah. How many when you taught at McClymans, uh-huh. you taught math? Math, yeah. How many people were supposed to be in your class every day? Well, supposed to be, you know, I could it depends what class it was, but when I first started teaching at McClyman's, the role got up to like 46. And how many people do you think were in class every day? Uh, you know, what month? In September, there was 40. Right. You know, in May, there could have been five. <laughs> Can I ask you what? It, it, because you taught at McClyman's, you also taught at Crenshaw. Yeah. Because well, uh, to me, what this political season has shown me is that our education system is in the shitter. It's, but it's, it's it's not great. It may have been that way for quite a while. I agree, but I think it's I think it's coming to fruition right now. Like we're seeing that more and more. Okay. But what role are parents not playing? I just remember a parent the teacher, most important role at parent teacher night where we grew up. That place was fucking packed. The, you couldn't parent, find a parking spot, right? So, but but parent teacher nights are still crowded. You know. Uh, the a lot of parents go to parent teacher night. So then, what aren't they? What role do you think aren't they playing? If we didn't show up at class, one of my. Do you remember? Just as a side note, do you remember uh, when I had you come to McClyman's about with the kids who might have wanted to do comedy? Yeah, I just saw a notification that uh, one of them just liked my oh, that's liked funny. The podcast. That's funny. Yeah. Um, but like, what role? When you say the most important one, what is that? Making sure your kids go to school, okay, so making look, sure they so do. Education is a 
how kids get educated could be, uh, you know, is a function of a very complex ecosystem, call it, right? Right. So, and a lot of things have effects on it. But you can kind of boil it down to three main influences, right? Parents, the school, yeah, which includes, well, let's go four. Parents, the rest of the kids at the school, uh-huh. how the school is run, and the teachers. Okay. So it doesn't but parents really being ma- the most important. I would say, I mean, yes, but but they're all equally as important. Okay, well, let me ask you this then. Let's just start with parents. Okay. Because there are a lot of parents who listen to this show. Okay. So what do you think the parents' f- major failing are as far like as far as helping to educate the kids, <clears throat> making making them accountable, the kids? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. The 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 school accountability and the teachers holding, you know, uh, uh, students accountable only goes so far. Right. Um, you have to be because if the student is like, well, I know the teacher is going to give me shit, but I'm still going home and there's nothing. Then it really there's doesn't no consequences. Help. You the parents need to hold the, the consequences. Well, first thing the parents could do. And there's a great uh, uh, cartoon going around the Internet. I've seen a lot. Uh-huh. You know, 1950s. There's a parent teacher conference. Oh, yeah, I like that. one. Yeah. And the and the parents and the teacher are on the same side at all times. Mm-hmm. And you remember, that's how dad and mom were. Don't let a teacher say anything about us. They're going to side with the teacher first. Yeah. And then it really, we have to prove our innocence. We're guilty until proven innocent. And that's sort of how it should be with kids. Yes. Well, parents go into teacher's conference now blaming the teacher for their kid's C. Or right. D or F. And that's a ridiculous, right. it's a ridiculous thing. Unless, you know, and I was in a, a linear algebra class in college where you know we're all engineering students so you're you got all smart kids in the class right and everybody's getting a d or below then the teacher is doing something wrong yes you know there are ways where you can isolate where the teacher's doing something wrong but yeah that's but a different in, but by and large teachers are in their teaching at the very least even if they're not the most inspirational teacher of all time. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you two things. i tell you two stories from Mac. They are still giving you worksheets yeah. that have to do with the curriculum or they're still assigning work in the book that has to do with the curriculum and the parents have to make the students, their child, do the all the work. Give all me, of it. Give me the craziest story from Mac. You can think from of. Mac. Yeah, you know, it doesn't have to do with. Doesn't what have I was to. Yeah, to say. yeah. Um, you, you know, there was a, there was well, there's a lot of crazy stories from Mac, but um, I give you a couple. One, my first day during class. Okay, here's a crazy story for how education is run, uh-huh. and this might be the most disappointing one, but yeah. maybe not the craziest. First day of school, I'm taking roll, and there's a girl sitting in the front mm-hmm. named Chanel. And <clears throat> I say, which was what I was used to in, in high school, was if you are late, go to the office and get a pass mm-hmm. and come up. The door's going to be locked. If you don't have a pass, you can't get in class. She raises her hand. I'm like, Chanel. And she goes, 
you can't do that. I said, <laughs> yes, I can. She said, no, you can't. I said, yes, I can. She was like, it's against the law. I said, I'm not going to have this conversation. Yeah. Sounding like dad on the first day of school. Right. <laughs> Nailing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to have this conversation. Yep. If you're late, bring a pass or you can't get in. She deliberately the next day. Showed up late. Showed up late. Knocked on the door. I went. I made this like little thing that blocked out the window but had a little door where yeah. I could see. Oh, like in The Wizard of Oz? Yeah. <laughs> and so I looked. It was her. Yeah. I said, do you have a pass? She said, no. She was ready. I said, go get a pass from the office. She goes away, presumably to get a pass. Mm -hmm. Five minutes later, there's a key going in my door. And an assistant principal opens the door, mm -hmm. one, of the, one of the assistant principals, and says in front of the entire class, yeah. Mr. Wolf, you can't lock your door. Fire you hazard? Can't, you can't. No, it's not a fire hazard. Oh. I wasn't locking it from the inside. Oh, yeah. Then you can lock your door. <laughs> yeah. Miss Wolf, you can't lock your door. If the students are late, you have to let them in. And I said. No, I don't. No, I didn't say it to her. Yeah. You know, I, that, I, I might as well have quit that day. Right. But I, I sort of looked at her like, you've got to be kidding me. You just cut Took my, my dick nuts off, off. Yeah. in front of the entire class. Yeah. You know what I mean? And not only that, but you're basically saying that. The kids run the school. The kids run the school. Later that day, during second period, yeah, I'm just I'm hearing things during second period, and I open my door, and I peek out, and literally there's this is just the second floor, right? Fifty kids hanging out at lockers, talking, just like nothing is going on, right? And the principal and the dean are walking through them down the hallway. Not saying anything? Not saying a damn thing. Well, that explains it. Right. So in that case, it would be very difficult for a, for a parent to sort of... doesn't matter what the parent's doing. It does. The parent can still get on the kid because there were still kids in my classes those five kids who were still there yeah. were either self-motivated or parent motivated you know what was the difference and then you you left oakland you came to la right we moved into an apartment together yeah luxury luxury apartments. apartments um you were the person who lived with me during the three kids in one bedroom in malia right and the whole i didn't know if we were saying malia's name yeah malia you know um <laughs> Uh, I, hey, Malia. She's not listening. Uh, <laughs> didn't I tell you nobody's listening? So what was I, I had a bunch of questions online about one person asked, do you think that me continuing continuing to try to be a stand up or be successful? Oh, right, right. That was the question I saw. If they thought if you thought that that was selfish and I should have got a real job. I never even considered that it it didn't seem like you know your kids were happy they were taken care of we i, never, I don't think they I never knew th they were poor like we didn't know we were poor right like i didn't know i was poor i thought everybody got hand-me-down well clothes and when i got to high school I, I mean junior high i knew i was poor yeah when i got to high school i started to realize yeah. the first time somebody said about my high waters I was like, high waters? What? What? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. My high water burgundy corduroys. Oh, I wore those. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, yeah. So, you know, in that apartment, again, where we came from, I was happy to to be there mm-hmm. amongst family. And it never even occurred to me that you were possibly being selfish. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You were working. What was it? It was Catering. Cholo and PB and J's and PB and J's, which was, you know, it wasn't like you weren't hustling. Right. And then you were chasing a dream that you had come down to chase. Right. So and besides, how could I be mad with Jacob in the apartment? Baby Jacob, oh, baby Jacob ja- and baby and little Caitlin was like, come on. Yeah. She was and so five year old Trevor. Five year old Trevor was yeah. a ball of energy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to you got. A whole bunch of experiences with them that nobody else got. Right. Because at the time, also, all the other brothers and cousins were younger than they are now, obviously. Um, and with a different perspective. Like, there wasn't a whole lot of them reaching out, not only to babysit, just to come over and yeah. help out. Like, that was not in and their... And Bud. And my St. Bernard, yeah. That was... I will tell you, like, it took me years to reconcile that with myself. What? That... You know, the other parts of the family, when I reached out even for help or babysitting, it was like pulling teeth. That's why I never asked. I mean, for me to have to ask Joey and Gavin, who never blinked, and they never like, how long, what time? Never once. Right. Right. So that took me a couple years to kind of reconcile. Like, as I got older, I was like, no, I get it. Like, everybody had their own lives. They were younger people. I had catapulted into an area that was foreign to all of us. Right. As someone who's taking care of kids now. Like that wasn't in our that wasn't in our zeitgeist. Right. It was still out every night, Martell House, yeah. Ecstasy, whatever. Right? So that was um that was why like but it took me a little bit. Like I, I was I wouldn't want to say I was and part of it by the way, now that I think about it, I was part of it was mad at, I was mad at myself. It was part of me being mad at them, I was mad at myself a little bit. Okay. Just for allowing myself to ending up in a situation where I was not prepared for. Right. I had, do you know what I mean? Sure. It, it was probably, uh, yeah, you wanted to have your cake and eat it too. You wanted the kids, but you wanted to go out and, ha- and, have, and have a Hollywood life or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, yeah. Well... Look, I wanted to pursue my dream, and there were many days, even though I didn't, but there were many days, many more than I like to admit, that I was pretty sure I was just, it was not going to happen, and that I was going to have to quit. Sure. Like, and so, I was mad. I was mad. I don't know who I was mad at, but I spent a, I spent a little while there mad, just like, this is, how is this ever going to happen if I can't right. put the time in that I need to put in? Right. Um, but you were putting the time in. I know. Yeah. I know. It was. Uh, I, 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 look, there were some nights that were very fucking difficult for me. Um, some of the nights I remember, like when everybody was out and it was just me in the living room with three kids. <laughs> I'm a young guy. Right. Yeah. And everyone's out. And then like including Malia. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and you but like you didn't get up the next day until like two. And you're like, what a great time last night. And yeah. I'm like, I've, I've been up since fucking four. Yeah. You know, so, but yeah, right when you were coming home, actually. Well, you got that job at Crenshaw, um, and that's where you met your wife. 
Yep. Now, how old was Charette when you met her? 18. Right. And so what class was she in? Math class? She wasn't in my class. She wasn't in class. No. How does that work? Because I'm sure... I didn't really know her. Yes. But I mean, how does that work? Like, at what point do you get the balls enough to go, okay, she went to high school where I taught. I'm going to ask her out. I didn't ask her out. That's the thing. I asked a whole bunch of seniors, male and female, because I remember I had just bought my camera. Yeah. And I figured there's a... Crenshaw just had like a wealth of good-looking, high-potential young people. Yeah. It was weird. There was a lot of potential at that school. Um, And so I just asked about 20 kids if they would take pictures. Mm Mm-hmm. That's it, and then by the way, guys, that sounds dirtier than it is. It's you wanted to be a photographer. I did want to be a photographer. Right. And there was all this free models. Yeah, you know, I yep. didn't know, had no idea how to do it. Right, right. I'm at Crenshaw every day. It's not like I was out, you know, yep. in yep. Hollywood, you know, figuring out how to be a photographer. Yeah, and you were, you were. These are just the people I was around. Every yeah, day. and you were, you were also experimenting. I remember when you. Back then, you experimented a lot with different looks and filters and types, and you were experimenting. And these were cool kids with different styles and and yeah, all, it was yeah. just what it was. Like I never even thought about it that it <laughs> that it might be creepy. You know what I mean? Like right. these Until are just right the people, now. Yeah. <laughs> Until you point it out right now. <laughs> these are just the people I was around every day. Yeah. And they were so used to me taking pictures anyway because I'd been taking pictures the whole year, you know. And and because I was taking so many pictures, they made me the uh, yearbook teacher. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was just like it just happened. And, you know, I was like, well, modeling is something that photographers, you know, take pictures of models. You guys want to take some pictures. You know what I mean? And so Charette was one of the 20. Charette was one of the people who came and took pictures, and she just was super cool. Yeah. And so... Grown up. Super, just like super centered. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. like steady. Yep. And so, yeah, we just talked a lot while I was taking pictures, and I I don't know. I, I don't know whether I asked her out that day or... When I showed her her pictures, or I don't remember how that went. Okay, and it, or, and then so you we but were there li- was something there because you know cut to eighteen years later. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously yeah. <laughs> um, it's interesting though, like you didn't start when. What I mean is lately, you're you're you. What I, I referred to earlier about your personality blossoming when you you kind of blossomed later like as far as even going out and mingling and being with other people like that right. kind of happened in la it happened in la right yeah what was it about what was it about la or the time or ecstasy and cocaine yeah and gary wolf and you you know because you, you had never done drugs before i hadn't ne- i had smoked weed right but i barely even drank um but uh well, in college I drank, but then after that I didn't really drink. But yeah, so you know, being around the Hollywood life and just watching, especially watching Gary in a crowd once he gets going. Oh yeah, you know, he can just talk to anybody. Yeah, he you can. Know? And so I just thought to myself, you know, I'm 30. 
I should be able to talk to people. You know, it's not like I'm not don't have the confidence to talk to people. And people used to tell me, you know, at least it didn't happen exactly then. But, you know, people like Jen Johnson would come over and talk to me or something like that and have conversations about why I didn't talk to people, you know. Mm -hmm. And I never even thought about it as again, I don't judge myself based on what other people think of me or are worried that right. is happening to I just do what I do because that's who I am um, but people would say you know yeah when you're intimidating which I don't think I am but you know some guy who's just sitting there not talking well you but were they, but they would say you know you're you're great talking to yes. people why don't you talk to people and I just never considered it yeah you you really did b- blossom down here like you really it was interesting that the the, like the summer flower yeah the <laughs> drugs did kind of help yeah. bring it out of you a little yeah. bit i listen you know i did more and i never liked it i tried to like it cocaine uh-huh. i tried like because i would look around and be like well these guys look like they're having a great time yeah i just never liked it yeah it never you know what it made me sh- first of all it made me want to sit in a corner and shut up <laughs> Like that's what it it was like I think the opposite of what it's supposed to do. Right. But I never and I hated myself every time I did it. Fucking right. hated myself. I'm happy that was hindsight, like in it, I was like, Oh, I wish I liked it more. And now I'm like, I'm so glad I didn't like that. Yeah. Cause I didn't waste a lot of time or money pursuing it. Not right. so much with you. You like that I really agree with spent, you. I spent some time doing cocaine. Yes. <laughs> when, that's the one thing that people who people don't admit who do it or pe- or people who who are maybe thinking about doing it, they don't realize doing drugs is a time-consuming animal, animal. Oh yeah. You have to get the drugs, which takes time, right? In, in the process of deciding whether you're going to do drugs yeah. takes time. And then the doing of the drugs, especially something like cocaine or ecstasy or something that has a long high. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have to get over the drugs. You know, and sometimes if you, you know, especially cocaine, cocaine, you know, you can end up doing for two days straight. Well, you can. Yeah. <laughs> people do. Yeah, people do. Yeah. I've Somebody never... right now is, has been yeah, doing I know. cocaine That's for two days. F- isn't that crazy to think? Somebody yeah. right now is like, where can we get another bump? Yeah. Uh, by the way, I would somebody wager a guess not just one person. Somebody, yeah, there's probably a, a an apartment close to here. Yeah, in I would say close somebody in this building right now. That's in meth. your building, that's meth. Is it? Yeah. Your building's more meth. One one apartment. I told you I did meth once by accident. It was terrible. I have never done meth, but I did a half a line of speed one time, which is sort of like I meth. don't like it. Yeah, I did so little. That it oh, kind of had no effect. Oh, the meth was like, it was the worst thing I've ever done. Yeah. I just, you know what? Speedy things I don't like. I don't like too speedy either, but I did, you know, I did. You did. like l- cocaine for a long time. So when we got to the luxury apartments and you got your job and then you started smoking weed and then you started to make a little extra money. Right. Um, selling weed. Right. Um, But you know what? You're. Your perspective on selling weed, which turned into selling other stuff, right? 
was very interesting. Like you almost, not almost, you did not think you were really doing anything wrong because you were like, I didn't think I was doing it. I still don't think I was doing anything wrong because you were selling it to your friends. I didn't just sell to my friends. I, you know, but, um, I don't think, by the way, this argument to me is, is like the perfect Jonathan Wolf point of view. Okay. Except that, I agree, Ow. unfortunately, with the dude on Fox, who's like the big-headed dude on the Five. I don't know. I don't know. His yeah, name. yeah. Um, but I'm a libertarian in this way, uh, and I'm a libertarian in a lot of ways. Yeah. Where I don't think, and it comes back to what we said at the beginning of the with. The guy kissing men. Right. If what you're doing doesn't hurt anybody other than yourself, maybe, and that's up for discussion. What if the argument I, was you're fueling somebody's addiction, so it's you are hurting somebody else? <clears throat> I just argu- don't go there. I just don't. But that's convenient, right? Well, sort of, other than the fact that I, you know, I guess... <laughs> big reveal for your listeners i sold cocaine for a long time right not because i set out to be a seller of cocaine but because i was doing cocaine and wasn't making enough money as a teacher to keep the habit to spend on the cocaine but do you uh, i remember you saying at one time i don't want to be i'm paraphrasing Uh i don't want to be the biggest cocaine dealer i don't want to shine a light on myself i'm not looking for a, a lot of new customers right I, don't, I just want to make a little bit of money and i sell to my friends and mostly people that i know or through references right but you weren't selling to strangers because you didn't right that's not the you didn't want to be that guy well i wasn't standing on a street corner selling right. to strangers right and so you know I, I sold a lot more to people I didn't know through references right. than I did to friends. Right. You know, my friends and I did not do that much cocaine to, you know, to to where I'd be making money on it. How long did you sell for? Ten years. That's amazing. I bet you that for drugs, that's pretty good longevity without getting caught or quitting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Don't you think? Yeah, seems like it. <laughs> yeah, you don't seem there's not like a lot of like seventy year old dudes out there like I've been, I've been in this game for fifty years. Yeah, I don't know why not that's not cocaine. Like, no. Yeah. Um. So you sold for ten years. Yeah. You. But to get back to the yeah. addiction thing, I had cocaine around all the time, and I didn't dip into it. So it's really, and I know people say addiction is a disease, and I don't want to say it's not. But it's a disease where you you kind of have some sort of control. Well, I would. My understanding of it is some people have more control than others. Right. I would wager a guess that if somebody is an addict who was listening right now, they would say, "I couldn't have done that." Yeah. Now, a friend of mine said the same thing to me. Um, he said. And I made the same argument to him. He was like, I can't do this. I can't do that. I got to go to meetings. I was like, B, the power is in you. You know what I mean? You're a powerful person. You can decide to not be around. You might, I know what the, like I've, 
read about it and watched things about it that how the the addict is already on his way to get drugs or or drink before he knows it yes before he consciously knows it he's already made the decision to do so and yet and still you still have to open that beer or you still have to but and i and i don't want to argue too much about this right. because because you know people say it's medically defined a disease etc cetera, etc cetera. but he eventually came to me and said that you know now he just chooses not to but now right he needed to be shown and reshaped and he needed but he didn't but he went through rehab a couple times and then was still using it I, came to him just deciding yeah but like some people need help getting there and some people aren't strong sure. enough and so, and like, that's like you were saying, like, can't compare sucks, pain threshold. Right. Some people need the help. Right. But, and some people are different level addicts, dude. Like, I agree. But those people who I sold to, right. Um, I never sold to a first timer. In fact, anytime anybody ever said it was their first time, I refused to sell to them. And then I'd scare the shit out of them. And you can ask our friend, uh, PF, if that's true. Oh, really? And they always end up, using anyway because somebody who wants to try it is going to try it right there were some people that obviously had pro had kind of problems when i would was dealing with them and i would avoid their phone calls sometimes and 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 say hey man you know i don't really you know you came twice yesterday why don't you just take a day off you right. know what i mean and they would say all right j-dub i'll take a day off and then they'd go call their other number right you know and the only reason they would come back to me after a couple of days is because i always i never stepped on anything and i always just would was a fair price and a good quantity right you know but yeah so and i would do that i would say hey man just take a couple of days off you call me twice don't you have a job don't right. you, you know you know, it must have sounded really stupid to them, you know? Yeah, coming from a drug dealer. Yeah, they yeah were exactly. Like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> but for me, and I always explained it, as, for me it was for people to just have fun, not to, like, rule their lives. That sounded like it hurt. That's the thumb. <laughs> oh, my God, guys, I'm in a lot of pain right now. Oh, my God. You lost your pillow. It's oh. Oh. a nice sturdy table we bought. Did you hit the really sharp part? This is the thumb that I uh, there's yeah, something I wrong with. Oh my god! <laughs> Holy fuck! All right, all right. Just talk. Say something. <laughs> well, more about dealing drugs. I'm gonna ask you one more question. Okay. Hold <laughs> okay. On. Oh my god. Um. All right. So. Uh Okay, but, so but that's the libertarian in me. Yes. Is that people get to decide what they want to do for their life. I, and I don't get to decide for you. I can tell you, hey man, this is what I notice. Yes, but I would just say like that you showed up at a motel one time and like, hey man, let me just give you the facts of this situation. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so But that was the thing, like for on the out two things. On the outside looking in, you didn't as much as you espoused being in control. Uh-huh. There were times like showing up at that hotel room where I was like, you are sure. not, in, not in control. Well, not at that moment. But the second thing I would say is in that moment, you were also perilously close to fucking up your life. Right. Well, yeah, let's not. Let's not we're not going to. Yeah. <laughs> but you were. Yeah. Um, my other question is, and this is where I think that dealing drugs is a gray area, dude. 
you're not just affecting your life. You don't know know what that person's life is like or what they're doing or where those drugs are going or who they're doing those drugs with. You don't know know for sure. You don't. Right. But I wouldn't say that You don't know that that person's not doing drugs and getting in a car and killing somebody. You don't know all that shit. That's true. Okay, so those are all things you don't know, no. So, like, for me, the mouth kissing, for sure, unless he's got open sores and is <laughs> spreading herpes every time. Right, which he is. Could be. Yeah. Um, you don't, in your case, I understand what you're saying, and I understand it's like the seatbelt argument. When well, people go, I don't got to put a seatbelt on, I'm just affecting me. Yeah, but you, if you die because you're not wearing a seatbelt, or you become a vegetable because you're not wearing a seatbelt, and you've got a wife and kids, you're also affecting some other fucking people. Yeah, but that's sort of where the liberty argument I get it, I get gets, it, I get it, I get yeah. it. It's, some, it's a gray area. Yeah, that, but that's where, that's the difference between, and that's where conversations <sighs> start. Oh, we got low battery. Uh-oh. Okay, so I want to get to this low battery shit. You ended up, because I haven't been able to ask you these questions, so I hope I'll be able to get to them. We're at a minute 16. Remember I told you how fast it goes? Yeah. An hour and 16 minutes, you mean? Yeah. Uh, okay. So you're at, you ended up getting busted. Right. You get put in Yale. Yeah. Okay. What's going through you? you? What is like? I've never asked you any of these questions. Like, what first? What's going through your brain? Like, at which moment? The first time you realize I'm going to jail. Did you think you were going to see jail time? Uh well, I knew, I knew the moment they pointed a gun at my face that yeah, you got that I was at least going to be in jail for a second or two. Yeah. Now listen, just so you know, if this cuts off, we're just going to have to do a second podcast at some That's point. That's Um, you. You you were outside of here. Yeah, I had just left here, and Jen right? uh, Johnson uh, had happened to be over, and she dropped me off in my car, and I got in my car, and I remember I sort of, I started the car, and I looked down at something, and and then there's a, a parking lot across the street from where my car was. Mm-hmm. And I remember sort of catching a glimpse of something coming from my left. And I looked over and there was a sheriff's black and white with its uh, lights on coming really fast out of the parking lot. And you were like, someone's in trouble. Uh, yeah, it's exactly what I thought. <laughs> because, you know, this neighborhood, yeah. has, there's some gang activity. In this. I mean, it's a good neighborhood, but it's Hollywood. Yep. And so I remember thinking to myself, wow, they're after somebody. And I shuffled around another half a second in the car, and I looked back out, and I was like, damn, he better hurry up and make turn his wheels or he's not going to be able to make the turn. Mm-hmm. And uh, then that's when I sort of looked up, and there was a gun in my face, and I just remember thinking to myself, oh, that's for me. They're here Yay. for me. <laughs> and then there was, like, guns all over the place. And, and so when that happens, what do they say to you when they put you in the car? Just out of curiosity. Nothing. Just all, yeah, uh, well, at that moment, they didn't say anything. They just, I had a really funny moment. I had a half a pound of cocaine in my pocket. Yeah. And he had gone through three of the four pockets. Yeah. And I really thought to myself for one second. He's not going to check this one. He might miss this pocket. Yeah. Because it was, so he did it sort of out of order. Yeah. There was no order to it. And I'm a very ordered, yeah. efficient person. You're an engineer. Yeah. Almost. And he was like, 
and he was yeah yeah and he was like i just remember thinking to myself hey is he not gonna check this pocket could i walk right now uh-huh and then he checked the pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It turns out he did. Yeah, and then so you know they didn't say anything to me really. Put me in the back of the car, checked my car, um, and then they had me in the parking lot. And you know the guy came in. One guy came in with a camera, said, "State your name for the camera." I stated my name for the camera. Another guy came in, was like, "Look, we're going up to your apartment," and they showed me that thing that they bang doors down with. Yeah, and they said you can. Give me the key. Give me the key, or we can do this. Yeah. And I said, this is the key to the front door. <laughs> yes. This is the key <laughs> yeah. to the top lock. And <laughs> and then they were like, you know, we can rip your apartment to shreds and break all the glass and plates, or you can tell us where all the drugs are. And I said, well, the drugs are in two two places. Yeah. Yeah. I told them where they were, because they were. How much was here? There wasn't that much here. You know, I had, like, over the course of a long time. Right. I came across a lot of really great cocaine uh-huh. um, because that was one of the hallmarks of my reputation of for whatever I sold was that it was always the highest quality. Right. But there was some that was even higher quality than Good that. Good to be known for something. It was, yeah. And it was, the, and so I used to keep little bits of inventory after I had already made lots of profit right. of the best stuff. Uh, and so they got a bunch of that, which I was really upset. Yeah. I actually asked them for that back. Did you? You yeah. were like, hey, I'm not selling that. You know, that stuff is it's a personal stash. Why don't you I just don't know give me if that, that counts as something you I'm can really take. I'm really cooperative. I'm going to check. My, I'm going to ask my lawyer, but I'm pretty sure that's personal property. Yeah. So yeah. if you leave mind leaving that there. And then I had, I only had a couple of grand. Uh, luckily, because. Did they seize cash? They seized the cash. Can they take money out of your bank account? Well, I mean, I suppose they could if I was like a gazillion gazillionaire, yeah. really like doing big things. Right. But there wasn't, you know, because I was paying off the yes. short film and the wedding and I was almost out of debt. Um, and but, and you know, the night before Charette and I had been to uh, Best Buy, uh, not yeah. Best Buy, uh, CarMax, uh-huh. because sh- the couple of days before that she had picked out. A Jaguar. She always wanted a champagne-colored Jaguar. And so we went to CarMax. We picked out a champagne-colored Jaguar. and Champagne dreams, buddy. We had had gone back the night before. We had gone back November 28, 2006, Uh to get the car. But the guy brought out some other champagne Jaguar with cracked leather seats and much more miles. You know, Charette, Charette. Yeah. Yeah, she's not going for that. No. And we were like, you're kidding, right? This is not the same car. He's like, what? Not the same car? What? I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you some keys. But that's why we had a, we had money. most of the lawyer money. Keys on Lexus, keys on Van Nuys, did that to Beth and I twice. I walked in, I go, I want to buy a Lexus today. I want to buy a Lexus today. Right. Here's the car that we want. And Beth picked it out and all that stuff. And they drove down a different car. It's she was weird. Like, and she was like, this isn't it. And the guy was like, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and he, she was like, are you playing the fucking Jedi mind trick on me? Yeah. yeah this is not the drone I'm looking for. Like, yeah. let's find a different car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they did it twice. They're fucking crooks. It was crazy. Um, all right. So, and that's why you had lawyer money. I remember getting the phone call, I believe from Charette. Maybe. Yeah. Because I think you probably called Charette. And then Charette well, called no, me. The, the, or maybe the you. one solid the sheriff did for me that day uh was it was Sheriff Narco 
And that guy, he asked me a couple Interesting questions. last name to have for someone who's busting someone for drugs. No, that's the... Nickname, yes. N- no, the sh- narco is the the squad. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Apparently, that g- that got me a little juice in jail, by the way, with the sheriffs. Because What's narco it? isn't just, you just get busted by accident. They uh, have to be looking at you, and you're part of a sting. Oh, so that gave you st- a little street cred-, cred in jail. With the sheriff. With the sheriff? Why? Because the sheriffs know who narco is. Everybody knows who. But how does that help you in jail? I don't know. You know that. Uh, well, we can have that when the battery doesn't. Uh, okay. Yeah. Die about who who's who's the good guys in jail. Oh, I, I mean, I, I it's one of the things I really wanted to get to. Holy yeah. shit! <laughs> um, but anyway, so he actually, I said, hey, because I was on my way to get rid of that half pound of cocaine, and then go pick Charette up at work. Yeah. And so because she didn't have a car. Yeah, because we didn't get to buy the Jaguar the night before. (laughs) And so I said, hey, man, I got to call my wife. I'm on my way to pick her up from work. And so he called her because he enjoyed the shock value and got to see her nickname on the. Oh, yeah. On the phone. Baby goo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She called me. He goes, Mrs. Wolf. This is, uh, you know, Sheriff. I don't want to say his name. Right. Detective Blah. And, uh, yeah, Jonathan, just your husband just got arrested. Something, something, something. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> and then she called me. Okay. And then we went down to the West Hollywood jail, which is where you were. Right. Um, and then you, it was interesting, like, I was told not to tell anybody, not even any of the other brothers. And Maybe wh- because I thought yeah, that was I the thing, could like, still get out of it. Yeah, I was like. I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah I was, you were like, don't tell anybody. I was like, okay, but. <laughs> Tough secret to hold yeah. when you're not around anywhere. Does Jacob listen to this, by the way? Uh, no. Okay. He doesn't listen to this. Because I actually was thinking about telling him recently. You could tell him. None yeah. of my kids listen to this. Uh, they only listen to the ones that they're on. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay. So you go down. You thought maybe you'd get out. Right. Did not. We never. We didn't tell mom and dad till months afterwards. Years? Years. Years. Until you and I were... Until you were about to turn 40. Yeah. Well, let me ask you something. So, so two years. Yeah. What? And that was an interesting time for all of us. Which part? Well, Danny and Adam and I remember meeting about like, you know, one of the two of them was like, we're not hiding this from mom and dad. And I, right. and I was like, it's none of your business to tell them. Like, this is Jonathan's business. Right. And their argument was, and I understand, well, if I'm lying to them, it's now my business. Right. And I was like, don't lie to them. Just don't tell them. Right. They're not going to ask you, is Jonathan in jail? in the desert. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's it. Like, once your excuse goes to them. That guy loves it. Sure loves loves the desert. desert. He always works where there's no cell phone. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but so that was, um, okay. We might be able to get into two minutes of the, oh, 157. I got to take Jakey to. Okay, because we'll save the you in jail stories for the next one. Okay. But I do want to know going in. I know, obviously, it maybe sound like a stupid question to say, were you scared? Because obviously you were scared, right? <clears throat> Not particularly. But, wait, can I ask you a question I mean, I was that, that I don't know if you'll, you can answer? Okay. You remember those trips to Miami? Uh-huh. What What were those trips? <laughs> Can't answer that? Not really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was always like, he's dry, he's going to Miami again. 
to me, those trips, by the way, smelled the shadiest. Out of all of them, yeah. I was like, I hope he doesn't get arrested for whatever he's doing in Miami because that seems like would be the worst. I think that would have been the worst. Yeah, to yeah. me, that was like one of those things. I'm like, this smells like really bad. Yeah. Um, But going into... Th- those trips were kind of hilarious. Um, you, are you're, I can see a, you in, trying to decide what you can say <laughs> yeah. and what you can't say. Yeah. Just a dichotomy between... A juxtaposition of really nothing happening. Yeah. But could be charged with a lot. A lot of a lot of terrible things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um but really nothing happening. But so funny to me, like you were <laughs> the mentality to be willing to risk that. Yeah. Like I don't think I would have ever even if I thought selling drugs was okay. Yeah. Th- the idea that to me it's like riding a motorcycle. It's not if you're going to dump your bike, it's when you're going to dump your bike and how right. how bad the dump will be. Right. So for me, selling drugs, that is what that is. It's not if, it's when and how severe is it going to be. And I right. was just never, I was like, I, he's willing to go to jail. And you didn't roll over on anyone. No. Which is why you went to jail. Right. Um, which, again, is part and parcel for but that's who you are who i am right i knew uh i remember talking to beth and she was like well he'll just roll and tell and i was like he's not rolling yeah zero chance because i knew there's a couple for a couple reasons one snitching is not your thing but two i I never hold anybody else accountable accountable for my your responses like i know in my brain i was like oh he's going to jail because he's holding himself accountable for what his actions were right knowing full well like I think I remember one. I I remember. I mean, you could you know you could say, well, these guys, the blah blah, no, the other no. people, but they also have families. Like most people. You said to me once. I, I remember. I was like, this is when we were having our concerned conversations, which wasn't too far ahead of you actually getting arrested. Right. I remember saying, but dude, what if you go to jail? You go, well, then I go to jail. Right. And I was like, but that's not the right answer. Right. The right answer is I just think I'll stop. But that was not the option. Well, I was planning on. Stopping. I know that's true. You were try, trying trying yeah. to wind it down. I just wanted to get out of to, debt, out of debt, and put some money in the bank, and then and done. Tap and out, then be done. Yeah. Um. So were you? Because obviously we've all heard stories of jail and seen locked up and uh-huh. all that shit. So and you're Jewish. Uh huh. And I I don't know that there are a lot of Jewish gangs in prison, in jail. Right. You're also white. Yep. But with a black wife. Right. So I always was curious as to how that would play and if you had her visit you in jail <clears throat> and if jail and prison would... Because you never did prison. That place out near right. Six Flags was still jail, right? Jail, yeah. So I, I don't know if it's different jail and prison as far as black and white stuff. It's not so much different. It's still sharply divided. Do people in jail know you had a black wife? Um, I don't know whether they knew I had a black wife, but... The people who were in the visiting room at the same time as me knew. Yeah. Including the sheriffs, you know. And they never said anything. The sheriffs sheriffs would say stuff. Yeah. But. but, And then I think occasionally um, somebody, another, you know. When you walk in that first day. Yeah. I mean, listen, to say you're not scared or nervous would be clearly lying because it's a complete unknown. Scared, no. Uh, definitely antenna up. 
What was and I? I was walking. I was in a a dorm that was kind of deep, yeah. and there were bunks three three bunks high. Yeah. Every bunk had three three beds, and so you couldn't really see. And they told me what bunk I was at, and I walked in, and your race rep, you know, meets you and says, "Go," you know. What do you mean, race rep? Everybody has a rep. So from the white, so the white it's people like politics. There's a white rep, uh, a black rep, which is kind of the what they call others, right? Because if you're Indian or Asian or are Southeast you in the black? Asian, me no, you're, no, you're in the black group. If you're in the others, yeah. Um, so you don't get an Asian rep. There's no Asian rep. At least maybe maybe in prison there now, is. But are there is there voting like in PTA or is it just not? Because I'm sure, sort it, of. I'm sure it rotates in jail. In prison, it probably doesn't rotate as much. But in jail, doesn't it rotate a lot more? There's no voting for who's rep. Right. You just nobody go votes. It's so your white outgoing rep says who the next rep is. Your white rep walks up to you. Were you says go put your stuff on you get your bunk ready? And did you tell everybody you were Jewish, or you left that off? Like I didn't not tell people I was Jewish. There was only one time I actually came out with it. Mm-hmm. Said uh, no. There's a couple times I said I was Jewish, but one time there was a guy who like last name like Saberstein mm-hmm. or something like who couldn't hold it, you know, who couldn't hide it. Yeah. And so and the ignorance level of Jewish people in jail is really really Well, there's not that many high. of us in there, right? Right. But just just the complete ignorance is really high. But, you know, um but yeah, so he was he almost started to catch a hard time because he was Jewish with a guy who liked me already. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, I'm Jewish, you know, and that kind of squashed it. So when you, the white rep, right, I'm assuming there's some racism in the white group. A lot of it, yeah. So Based how, on racism. How do you handle that? How do I handle that? Well, I know how you handle it outside of jail. Yeah. But I am assuming that that's what I, one of my biggest worries was. He's not so good at not speaking his mind, but he's smart. But there's a lot of racism within the right group, white group. Right. But he's gonna have to belong to some group. Well, so I was how do you, in the white group. Right. How do you balance that with the racism? Well, I I never hid the fact that I wasn't racist. Right. And I never hid the fact that I thought racism was stupid. And in fact, had conversations with to the effect with with life people who had been in and out of jail for life and had never really questioned the fact and did that, that ever cause problems for you <clears throat> not that i can recall no but and so i got along with it i got along with the you know there's the 